Hello, everybody. Welcome to our week two episode of Review and Preview. I'm Tom Scavetta. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. We have an action-packed show for you and a reoccurring guest. He's pretty awesome. Uh, I work with him on From the Stand Sports. Very excited to have Andy on. But uh, before I bring him on, folks, just a quick shout out to all of our social media platforms. We have a lot now. We're on TikTok uh, most recently. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the Anchor for the audio version of our podcast. And I want to remind you all, if uh, you want to catch my episode last week with Jason, a football player from Nassau Community College, feel free to watch that um, on our YouTube channel. Awesome stuff. He really brought the heat. He was awesome to watch. But without further ado, let's get to this week's guest, the one, the only, Andy Hopper of the brew party podcast andy thank you so much for joining me it's it's only been what six days since yeah yeah uh, it's, it's it's hasn't been too long but that's what i love the most about football seasons i get to see my my good buddy tommy at least twice a week at least well no at least once a week and then if we do our uh uh cross stuff e- even better but uh it's been a while since I've been on actual review and preview, so it's always a pleasure to be back. The, the first guy off the bench for you guys, as I like to call myself. Um, but yeah, excited to talk about week one, uh, even though it wasn't so exciting for our two teams. But um, still some fun and glad football's back. Me too. Um, except last night, uh, obviously we know what happened with the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers for the season. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, immediately, the first person you see on the intro video is Aaron Rodgers this season. So I do feel bad about that, but who knew? <laughs> no, I couldn't who have predicted that. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of people. It is another case of the MetLife turf strikes again, Tom. A lot of players around the league unhappy with it. Um, a lot of guys uh, that play on it weekly calling for for grass to be installed. Um, I guess you don't really install grass. You plant grass. But y- you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, if you want to watch Andy and I talk about uh, other shit, if you want to watch us talk about more NFL stuff, make sure to go over to Andy's channel um, on the Brew Party. We'll have an episode launching there a little bit uh, later tonight. Uh, well, we'll be pre-recording that. And then uh, we also do our From the Stands weekly college football talk show with Brian McArdle. So we always love to, uh, you know, go after each other on that as well. So, but 
yeah, like Andy was saying, this is the best time of the year. Absolutely. 100%. Without, without further ado, Andy, um, let's get into our weekly recap. Week one. So outside of the Aaron Rodgers injury, what caught your mind in week one? What were you impressed by? What were you disappointed by? What shocked you? What really stood out? I th- I mean, the, the disappointment is, is clear for me it is the Bears and just how it was uh, same old Chicago, same old Bears on Sunday, and, and the Packers still own us. They do. Um, and just frustrating. Uh, I felt like we were kind of handcuffed on offense and that uh, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, really – it just feels like he still doesn't trust Justin all the way. And this offensive line was causing penalties left and right, uh, letting guys through like turnstiles. Um, really, Tom, the most the, – the rookie, it was Darnell Wright, was the, the only one that played relatively well um, on the offensive line for the Bears. The defense got absolutely ran all over. Um, you know, going into the game, I'm like, all right, Christian Watson's out. Um, that's his number one target. Uh, uh, Romeo Dobbs was questionable. So he wasn't, you weren't hundred percent sure what, what he was going to be. And then, Oh yeah, I totally forgot. They have Aaron Jones in their roster. They basically just needed to give it to him uh, every time. And, and he was going to find some space. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the most disappointing uh, for sure. Uh, most shocking. I think, you know, the Browns, over the Bengals did not see that coming. Um, not that I didn't see them winning. I just didn't see that being 24 to three and the Bengals looking absolutely terrible. I mean, the Browns defense was crazy impressive. You know, they held the Bengals as three points, only 142 total yards. The Bengals uh, only got six first downs uh, the entire game. They were two for 15 on third down, 75 rush yards, 67 pass yards. Burrow goes 14 for 31, 82 yards for a 552.2 rating. So, I I mean, those two two stood out. The Lions over the Chiefs, obviously, 21-20. I I do think Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore are the reason that the Chiefs lost this game. Um, You can't have those drops. They combined for one catch for a negative four yards. Let everything else bounce off their hands. Um, I, I thought Goff was was really impressive. Twenty two for thirty five, two hundred fifty three yards and a score. St. Brown six catches, seventy one yards and a touchdown. They look like they're going to be a a pretty scary connection here uh, in the NFC North this year. Um, and then the Chiefs, man, their run game. It wasn't just the pass. The run game was terrible too. Mahomes, the leading rusher, with forty five yards. Uh, Pacheco, the next closest, eight rushes for 23 yards. Um, I was really impressed with Montgomery um, on the Detroit side of the ball, 21 rushes for 74 yards and a touchdown, just hard nose, running right up the middle, got yards when they absolutely needed to have them. Um, and also throwing out a tight end, Sam Laporta. I thought he was impressive, five catches for 39 yards. Uh, and Casey's defense, Carl Loftus up front, and I thought the front seven looked really good. Um, Sneed in the back half was, was great for them too. Um, so, and, and then the last thought on that game was, I don't know if the lions used, uh, Jameer Gibbs enough. Uh, I think you could though, with how versatile he is, there were some points where he was on the bench, uh, where he didn't really need to be. Um, so yeah, those, those were the, 
the big ones for me. Yeah, all good points. I agree with the uh, the Browns take. I, so you might call me crazy. I picked the Browns to win beforehand, and here's why. Historically, the Browns own the Bengals at home over the last several years. The Bengals haven't beat beaten the Browns on the road since 2019. Um, and Joe Burrow clearly, Andy, did not look 100%. I think uh, your guy could have alleviated some of the uh, pressure off of him, <laughs> Chase Brown. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he was inactive for the game, so he he did yeah. not get to go. But, yeah, it's a, Joe Burrow gets paid all that money uh, and then comes out with an absolute dud of, of a performance. If you mm-hmm. remember last year, week one, the Bengals really, really struggled. I think he threw like three or four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was after not playing the entire preseason, which I don't believe he played the preseason again this year. So maybe a little rusty for Joe Burrow. Um, But yeah, like you said, didn't look right. Still could be a lingering issue. Maybe not fully 100%, but um, just not what you expect to see from a guy of that caliber. No, you're 100% correct. And also, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you're mentioning, really let down by his wide receivers. Kadarius Toney, one catch for five yards on five targets, three, three drops and I know we're about, let's see, when was your draft show on the Brew Party? April 2021. We're sitting here September 2023. I was wrong. Kadarius Tony's officially a class one bust. This man deletes all of his social media and then trolls the Giants on Sunday night after they get blown out 40 to nothing, which uh, I'll get to that in a moment, but I do want to give the Lions a lot of credit with their defense because, Andy, I think last year the Lions offense was really good. You know, it was a borderline top five offense. Um, But the problem was their defense, right? So what what do they do to address it? They go out. They draft Brian Branch. He had an interception. They go out. They draft Jack Campbell out of Iowa, right? So those are two guys that really helped them. They – Trade for Cam Sutton, I believe. They go out, they get Emmanuel Mosley to replace Jeff Okuda. Um, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. I mean, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, only seven rushes. I'm not so sure if that was a week one jitter thing for them or if there was anything more behind it that the public eye doesn't know about, like if he wasn't 100% or maybe it was just the game plan. I don't know, but shockingly enough, Jared Goff is 2-0. and Against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> somebody or uh, I saw somebody say that, uh, yeah, Mahomes has found his Eli. So uh, essentially, uh, yeah, uh, Goff is the Eli to Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady. So I mean that that's a kind of a cool comparison, but yeah, I, I think NFC North. I'm an NFC North guy. We, we should be on notice because the Lions have just as good a chance to win that division as anybody else does. Yeah, um, I agree. I was really impressed with Tua Tagovailoa coming off the injury. Now, I know he lost the fumble. He had a pick, but he threw for over 450 yards, three touchdown passes. It was a shootout. Tyreek Hill was the best receiver in week one. I mean, 200 mm-hmm. receiving yards and two scores. So they outdueled Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers, and I think it really came down to coaching. At the end of it, there was no defense being played in this game. It, it, it was all offense, and 
let's say Mike McDaniel already is a better coach than Brandon <laughs> Staley. Um, I mean, when you get 536 total yards of offense, you're doing something right. No, right. so shout out to them, man. I mean, they're looking really good after this week. My only concern, is they, I mean, they did give up 234 rush yards. You've That'd you've got to sure that up. Um, you know, you're not gonna. I don't. I you're not gonna score 36 points every game. Um, as explosive as this offense shows that has shown that they can be, um, that that is the only thing that will worry me a little bit. Is mm-hmm. you had Eckler go 16 carries for 117 yards and a score, and Joshua Kelly is back up 16 carries for 91 yards and a score. So, I mean, I mean, it was a great game. It's a shootout. Um, and, you know, the same thing can be said for the Chargers defensively. Uh, J.C. Jackson was getting cooked all day. Uh, they gave up 536 total yards offense, like you said. 466 of those were through the air. You can't, you, <laughs> you can't give up 400-plus passing yards and expect to win. 100% agree. McDaniel greater than Brandon Staley, and I think Brandon Staley's seat's getting a little bit warmer, especially um, if they're going to have a season full of sim- similar performances uh, to week one. He's as good as gone. I think they brought in Kellen Moore to try to save his job, quite frankly. Um, so, I mean, that's something there. But, yeah, that that was an all-offense, no-defense game. It's a good point you brought up about the run defense for Miami. Definitely, uh, you know, suspect. Only one game. But right. um, I think my argument, I mean, the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. Josh Allen looked atrocious on Monday Terrible. Night Football. Terrible. And then New England still New England. You know, it's like 2003 on their team. So <laughs> they're still good. Like, they'll – they're, they're not great, but they're good. They'll beat teams on their level, but right. they won't beat anybody that's better than them typically, although they almost beat Philly. So, yeah, I mean, it, you could argue, yeah, if you don't go down 16 nothing to start the game, you, <laughs> you, probably, you probably win. I didn't think Mac Jones was awful in that game. I thought he, you know, he played relatively well. I, I was surprised a little bit. I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an, as awful of a quarterback as – you know, people might make him out to be, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's screwed with his coaching. You know, whether it's Matt Patricia last year, Joe Judge, who, whoever the OC is now, it's Bill O'Brien. Know. Bill O'Brien. Well, hopefully that's an upgrade, right? We hope it's. It seemed like an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about this, but I have to. Yeah. <laughs> My Giants. Uh. At one po- at what point in this game did you turn your TV off and said I've had enough? Um, I fell asleep some point in the second quarter and was in and out from there. I thought the Giants looked great on the first drive until they got the field until they had the fumble and then or the bad snap and then the field goal blocked and then it was just <laughs> all downhill from there. I think. I stuck around and it was it was twenty what like twenty six to nothing at half and then I, I, it's fuzzy from there and then I remember waking up after the game and saying holy shit they lost by forty uh, so yeah I, I didn't make it too long um, but I, I saw enough <laughs> seven sacks 
five fumbles. They did only lose one of them, but still, that's a lot. Did a pick six, blocked field goal, a missed field goal. Um, definitely one to forget, man. I mean, you're obviously the expert here, but this O line, it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna have to improve, and it looks like it's gonna have to do it quick, or Jones is gonna be running for his life all year. This is the most disgraceful, disgraceful performance I've seen possibly ever from not just the Giants, but from any football team. It was bad. It was really, really bad. The crowd was juiced up. They were ready to go. We're sitting here on Big Blue Avenue. Sam and I saying the Giants could win 10 games this year, possibly 11 if all goes well. And now we're sitting here like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> I don't know if... Special teams was horrendous, by the way. That blocked field goal is where it all started, right? Uh, you could argue before that, the fumble or the, the bad snap on that third down from John Michael Schmitz. Granted, first NFL game ever, but um, he had more good than bad. That was one of his bad moments, though. Um, Mark Lewinsky sucks. Uh, <laughs> let me be clear. At this level, he sucks. He possibly could be the highest paid backup guard in the NFL this season if he continues to play like that. Uh, Evan Neal. I don't know if he's an offensive tackle anymore in the NFL, but if they do make the transition with him to guard, I think it would have to happen in the offseason. Uh, each of those players gave up three sacks, Neil and, Glow- and Glowinski. They were, they were putting five guys rushing on the right side of the line, and Neil couldn't pick up any stunts. Um, I'm starting to think this Bobby Johnson, old line coach, needs to get fired. He needs to get fired. They, you know, they brought him over because he's from Buffalo. Oh, okay. No, he's horrible. We haven't developed jack shit. Um, they should have kept Tony Sperano Jr. Would have been much better. And Andrew Thomas, the only good offensive lineman that we have right now, leaves the game with an injury, with a hamstring. With a hamstring. Actually, he played through it. But now he might not play next. If Andrew Thomas is out for like the next two to three weeks – the Giants are screwed. The Giants' whole offensive schematics is screwed. I mean, Daniel Jones got sacked seven times, two picks, and I was surprised they charged him with the second pick. I don't know if you saw this play, but what happened was he kind of just threw like a bullet into Barkley. The ball kind of just like popped out. Like it was snapped out of Barkley. I thought it was a fumble, but I guess they ruled it an interception. Um, Daniel Jones had some bad moments in this game too. The Stephon Gilmore pick. 100% on DJ. But at that point, I mean, Daniel Jones, Andy was probably like, ah, fuck it. Let me just throw it at this yeah. point. My O line's not helping me. What do I have to lose? Right. We're down 26 nothing. Right. Um, Isaiah Hodgins with the fumble. Our new toy, Darren Waller, just three catches for 36 yards. No bueno. No bueno. And you know what makes me sick, Andy? I have to talk about this again with Sam. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and I'm we we definitely going to ask you about it on the brew party, too. So, um, sorry, buddy. Therapy. Yeah, but a, listen, you, therapy session. You're talking, to, you're talking to a guy that knows a lot about having a quarterback with nothing in front of him. Um, so I feel your pain, dude. I feel your pain. It's, it's, very, it's very rough. Um, I think it just makes it even worse that you just – paid 
Daniel Jones all that money, and you have just nothing in front of him. It's just it's depressing. <laughs> I feel like both of our quarterbacks get a lot of the burden of the blame when it comes to offensive struggles, which I hate to say it, they should because they're the quarterback. They're going sure. to get more blame than everybody else. But the New York market, the L.A. market, the Chicago market, three of the biggest markets in the country – will grill you over anything. Meanwhile, you have Joe Burrow throwing for 82 yards in Cincinnati, and everyone's quiet. I get it. He's hurt, but come on. He's the yeah. highest paid player in history. But Daniel Jones gets all the shit this week. Um, I guess until I guess until Daniel Jones and Justin Fields play in a Super Bowl, <laughs> then they can – I'll have to. I'll just have to take the brunt of it. But yeah, you know it is what it is. Especially the social media age and the age of everybody, like ourselves, having podcasts and, and stuff, always needing to get a take off or, mm-hmm. or a joke off about somebody. I mean, you're always going to hear it uh, if you if you don't live up to the standards. And I mean, that's the prestige of the NFL and the prestige of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. There's only 32 of those jobs available, um, and you have to be damn good at what you do <laughs> to uh to do it so mm-hmm. and then you got guys that look like me that are sitting on their couches saying what the fuck was that every sunday um yeah. so <laughs> i get it i get it it's a necessary i shouldn't say necessary evil but i mean it just like you said it just is what it is yeah it, it's it's bad out there but uh let's move on andy to our next topic, we've dropped hints on here and there, but Joe Burrow gets a five-year, $275 million contract extension from the Cincinnati Bengals and becomes the highest-paid player in NFL history, an AAV of $55 million a year, 219 guaranteed, a $40 million signing bonus. Oof. What a bag for this guy. Good for <laughs> him, man. That's I. Uh... That's all you can say at this point, and just wait. Just wait till the next guy's up for a contract. It'll, it'll be bigger. Well, you know who's next? Tua. But they declined his option. Yeah. Well, I don't think. Okay. He he's a twenty twenty guy. He's the only twenty twenty guy left. No. Mm-hmm. So Herbert. Herbert got fifty two and a half. You're right. We you signed the big one. Two, I can't see two again. Fifty million, though. No, no. Maybe Jones money. Maybe a little yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. But Trevor I mean, Lawrence. I could be. I could be wrong. Trevor Lawrence will, has he? He hasn't gotten one yet. He'll be. He'll get. He'll get crazy money. Mm-hmm. Um. And then it's oh. your guy. And yeah, then, Fields. Then, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. See how that goes. Good for him, but Cincinnati's cap situation will be interesting starting in 2025, right. where the cap hits 30 million against the cap in 2025. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep T. Higgins. That's why I think they stocked up. They got that receiver from Princeton. They drafted Charlie Jones from Purdue. They got Jamar Chase as their alpha. They'll pay him. They have Tyler Boyd, their security blanket. I don't know about you, but I think Higgins could be the odd man out after this year on that offense because of what type of contract he'll be demanding. Right. I don't know. If I mean, no, that, yeah, that makes it. sense. That 100% makes sense. And what a blow 
that would be to their offense. Because, I mean, Higgins and Chase, one of the best one-two punches in the league. Um, I mean, you make the case that Higgins can go just about anywhere else and be the number one receiver. So you're you're 100% correct that the market he's going to demand, and let's say Cincinnati does decide to pay him. Okay, who does that affect? next somebody on defense that, that's making a little bit too much like it's just such a give and take with the salary cap and especially if you have so much money already committed to your quarterback which it's probably the right thing to do to to, to secure burrow like that because it's the most important position in the sport uh and you got a guy that has already taken you pretty far in in the short amount of time he's been around so yeah i understand why you why you pay him that money but you know, it just all kind of start. The rest of the roster just kind of starts to unravel from there, as far as the quality. And you really have to count on your your scouting department, and your front office, to go and find some cheaper guys. I, I you know, money wise, that there's not going to be too much of a drop off. Exactly that. And look what happened to the Chiefs in Week One. They don't have Chris Jones on defense because. You got to pay the Mahomeses and the Kelseys of the world. You know, they couldn't keep yeah. Orlando Brown, which he, he had a bad 2022. But um, still, they missed Chris Jones on Thursday night football. Other areas of your team are affected with moves by this. And the Bengals, if they can't bring back T. Higgins, they're going to miss him too. Now, don't get me wrong. I think a pass rush is more important than a wide receiver too. But Higgins can be a one elsewhere. Somebody's going to pay him that money. Who will do it, though, is the question. Uh, Chicago, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I'd love it, but, you know, it's that's a, that, that's a big what if, obviously. Yeah, that's a big what if scenario. But next up, Andy, we talked about Rodgers, but to expand on that, we know he's out for the season with the torn – Achilles tendon. It was a complete tear on his first pass attempt as a New York Jet on Monday Night Football. I'll be honest with you. I feel really bad. I do because I live in this city. I live in New York and Jets fans are just heartbroken. And I really think the team is cursed. I really do. And it's sad to say, but it's been 55 years since they've won a championship. i you and I have talked about this before. I don't think the Jets were a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year, but I, I definitely thought they were going to make the playoffs. I still think they might, which might be crazy to say. Mm-hmm. But at 39 years old, will Aaron Rodgers play again? I, I don't know. I, knowing the competitor that he is and the kind of player that he is, I think he will do everything in his power to come back. But man, you're 39 years old. You just completely tore your Achilles. So, and that's a that is a that's a year off. So now you're coming back at 40, and we're we've seen what this guy is capable of and the level that he has played at for years. So I just don't know. Like maybe we see him again, but I just don't think we're ever gonna see the Aaron Rodgers we're used to again like I think this is a brutal blow for him and obviously for the Jets too I I think it's funny their Super Bowl odds went from like 16 to 1 I think to 32 to 1 
overnight, um, even, even after their win, uh, just from losing Rodgers. And, you know, I do, I felt bad too. Um, you know, he, he goes down. So it was like, you know, especially after the big entrance with, with the American flag, they're fired up. The Jets 9-11. Fans going, nine, yeah, 9-11. Um, Jets fans are going crazy. Uh, and then he plays four, what, four downs, four snaps. He's in there for 75 seconds and goes to the ground. And they kind of pander on the crowd and everybody's going, what the fuck? And then, you know, the, the most telling one was they, they cut to uh, Salah. And he just had the thousand yard stare, just like he just couldn't believe it, man. And that's it's. Um, I saw some videos on, on Twitter where they did like a close, like they did a close up and uh, zoom in on his leg, and you can literally see his Achilles snap, like in the video. Just brutal, man. You ne- you never root for an injury, whether you you like the the player or not. I'm not going to pretend to have said nice things about Aaron Rodgers in the past, because I've definitely said a lot of mean stuff, um, but I can't deny his talent. Um, and it's just unfortunate for the Jets, especially with how much hype was around them and for, yeah, their fans. They're 100% feels like they're cursed, but credit their defense. Their defense looked really damn good. Garrett Wilson had one of the best catches I think I've ever seen um, last night where he batted the ball away from <laughs> from the um DB and, and and then was able to rein it in as he was going to the ground and God damn it. They won. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Allen was terrible last night, three interceptions and a fumble. He admitted it. He took credit for the loss. He said, I'm the reason they lost. So I'm sure the bills will be back, but either way, hell of a win for the jets, but just, yeah, unfortunate. It was like you were saying, like he's the opening of this of your intro video, and I I had to laugh uh, when when you played it earlier. It's just all the hype that was around this guy, all the talk this off season about him going to the Jets, and it's just four plays and seventy five seconds later, it's all done. So I mean, I I think there is like you start to question if he actually ever will play for the Jets again. That's a fair assessment. I, I think here, here's my take on it, and mine might be a little different. I think the injury happened early in the season enough where his rehab, um, off-season, recover time, preseason, coming back, he signed through 2025. So I don't see a reason why he won't be back unless Aaron Rodgers pulls in Aaron Rodgers and he just doesn't want to play anymore. You know, um, was this a whole publicity stunt? Potentially. People like to argue nowadays it's part of the NFL script. Um, Tearing your Achilles on play four of the season is not part of anyone's script. I'll tell you that much. It happened. Brady had an ACL back in 2008 or 2009. I believe it was 2009. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it was 08. It was the year Matt Castle came in. Mm-hmm. They went 11 and 5 and missed the yeah. playoffs. But Brady was much younger back then. You know, to your point, Rodgers is mm-hmm. 39. He'll be 40 next year. So well, we saw Brady play till 45. Rodgers technically didn't play his first three NFL years. So if you subtract three years from his career, 
2008 was when he started playing and it's 2023. So he's really only played 15 years. If you think about it that way. Sure. So we'll see. Um, now I, I want to ask you this, Andy, Zach Wilson or, and I ask you this because Zach Wilson looked pretty decent last night. He, he wasn't great, but he got the job done. He managed the game. He didn't lose them the game like mm-hmm. he has in the past. I'll be honest. I think he's learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers uh, in his short time with the Jets thus far. You know, Brees Hall had a dominant game. I think that helped. The 127 yards on 10 carries, which, by the way, remember our segment on From the Stands? I said Brees Hall is better than Najee Harris in college football. <laughs> Brees Hall's looking like he's recovering pretty well from it. Yeah, first game back from an ACL and – he looked pretty much untouchable. I uh, looked quite a bit better than Dalvin Cook did for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just it's. I, I still think the the Jets can can win a decent amount of games. It's they they said today they're starting to reach out to free agent guys, but Zach Wilson is still the unquestioned starter, which I thought was interesting. But I think my dream scenario is go get uh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> I'd love to see Jameis uh, in the in the Jets, or it'd be even funnier, I think, um, if they somehow lured Tom Brady out of retirement <laughs> and he came back <laughs> to, <laughs> to take the reins under center. But sounds like as of as of right now, the plan is Zach Wilson. So I'll go with that. But um, I mean, I, they're going to bring in they're going to bring in somebody. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a couple older guys and then you know, work them out and see, see, see what they think. But it's, I, again, just knowing, <laughs> knowing Wilson's track record, I think it's just only a matter of time before he gets his, his spot taken, but you're right. He didn't lose the game for him. He played fine last night. Um, but we'll, we'll see. It's very, very interesting. I think I saw names like uh, Jameis, Colin Kaepernick's agents reached out, which, dude, you haven't played in the league in seven years. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while, man. Um, (laughs) You know, I saw Matt Ryan's not retired yet. Carson Wentz on the list. Uh, Phillip Rivers uh, goes on. But I don't know, man. I think for me, go get Jameis and let him fucking sling it to these uh, decent receivers you guys actually have these days. But. That might be a good option. Um, we know he throws a lot of touchdowns. He also throws a lot of interceptions. That's that the too. only. That's the only issue. But um, the reason why an upgraded quarterback is probably necessary for this season, the Jets' defense is elite. Uh, I mean, we saw last night. Jordan White had three picks. Sauce Gardner, uh, DJ Reed. You know, solid guys. So. There was rumors about Carson Wentz, too, and, and that that just uh, scares me. I think if you're going to bring a veteran quarterback in, like Nick Foles maybe, too, that's another name you could look at. Like, if you want to stick with Wilson but bring in a veteran that's around in the room to back him up, Foles might be a decent placeholder option because he's on the street. You wouldn't have to trade assets for him. Mm-hmm. So. Plus, he's won a ring. So yeah, no, I mean, BDN. 
I'm a BDN guy, so I wouldn't hate that. I saw Flacco's interested in coming back to him because, again, he's on the street. I don't think he's anywhere else. Oh, yeah, they need a backup. I'll go mess around. But Yeah. Who is their backup? Oh, I don't even know now. Because they had two on the active, and then there's a there's a practice squad squad guy. I think it's Strevler, but I could be wrong. Uh, no, it's Tim Boyle. Rogers is back up in Green Bay. Oh uh, yeah, and then a Strevler's on their practice squad. I think possibly. <laughs> so I don't know. Is there like a borderline playoff team now with Rogers? Oh no, it looks like they cut. Strevler and then, yeah, Tim Boyle. So they'll probably, yeah, that's interesting, dude. I don't know. There's just so many ways they could go with it. But just a kick in the nuts for Jets fans when you think you're going to get a season of Aaron Rodgers. And nope, it's the MILF hunter, Zach Wilson, back again. It's terrible. It sucks. It sucks. But And they got Dallas next week. So at least they beat Buffalo, though. Uh, right. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of hype going into that game. Speaking of hype, let's get to our hype train segment. So question for you, Andy, and we'll start with you here as the guest, obviously a question. There were two teams to me that really stuck out last week, you know, borderline playoff teams, back ends of the playoff picture that really played well. Whose hype are you buying more? The Detroit Lions or the Miami Dolphins, and why? I'm going to take the Lions. Um, I think their win was more impressive uh, because they had to go into Kansas City uh, they, and beat Patrick Mahomes in a very dramatic way. Um, obviously, what the Dolphins did offensively was crazy, you know, Uh with the 500 total yards, you had Tyreek go 211 yards and two touchdowns and 460 through the air for, for Tua. I get that. Um, but as a well-rounded team performance uh, from week one, I'm taking the Lions uh, because what we spoke about earlier, I mean, their defense I thought was, was pretty great uh, against the defending champions. So I'm going to buy into the Lions hype train. Um, I agree as far as, you know, them beating the chiefs is definitely the more impressive win, but I'm going to roll with the dolphins here because they just beat the chargers playoff team on the road. Granted their defense wasn't great, but Buffalo looked horrible against Zach Wilson and the jets, Mm -hmm. the jets lost Aaron Rodgers, And then there's the Patriots who haven't been an elite football team since Brady left. So that kind of leaves the Dolphins there. And I think the Dolphins, if the Bills don't get their act together, I think the Dolphins have the clearest path to a division title is where I think in the NFC North this year, I think any one of those teams can win it, including Chicago. I, I still think there's a chance, not not to get hopes up or anything, but um, you know, you guys spent a lot in free agency. The Vikings won it last year. I mean, their defense still looks like shit. Um, you know, they lost Thielen and Cook, Green Bay. Jordan Love could come out here and say, yeah, okay, underestimating me. I'm going to go out there and be a top 10 quarterback this year. And their defense is elite. Um, 
And then there's the Lions, the team that everyone's picking. So to be a little different, I'm going to lean Miami. I, I think the weapons on offense are slightly superior where the Lions, after St. Brown, can Jameer Gibbs develop? Can Sam Laporta develop? Can the Lions do this on a consistent basis? Because historically they're a losing franchise. But I really <laughs> hope I really hope Dan Campbell breaks that losing train. And I think the Lions might finally be, t- be turning a corner here. In fact, um, before this show, I had the Lions making the playoffs and not the Dolphins. Yet I picked the Dolphins in this segment. <laughs> well, I think I think you bring up a good point that if you just look at the way these divisions are set up, it is like the way we just saw the Bills perform on Monday Night Football. And I'll again, we should preface it: it's only one game; it's just Week One. A lot can happen, but if we see more of the same from Buffalo. It is. I mean, who who's next up there? With, with again, with no Rodgers, and then New England. It's like I'm just not sold on them. I I I don't know. There's nothing about New England that I that I look at and I go, yeah, I really really love it. Really love what the Patriots are doing there. Um, so I I agree, but I also think the Lions have an opportunity to be the best team in the division, but. It just feels like it's it's very even, uh, and again that anything can happen in the NFC North. Um, so yeah, no, I I, I feel like but there's no, I, there's no wrong answer Mm-mm. here. Perception, mm-hmm. very key. Um, but yeah, as far as who had the more impressive win, definitely the Lions. Now, you just knocked off the defending. Super Bowl champions in week <laughs> one in front of all of America. So um only person that picked that was Fonz and then the entire review preview. <laughs> so like straight up too, not not yeah. even spread. So I had Lions money line and spread. Did you? I, be- I believed, yes, I did. So you're the second person that I know that did that. So, I believe Jordan had it as well. She was on my really? show last week, yeah. And she was all over the lines. Wow. So that's that's three people in. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. I'm going to have to go watch back that segment then just to uh, fact check that. And plus, you know, Andy always has the hot takes first. Um, um, not afraid do. to be wrong. That is, that is what I have to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I mean, we've. We've crapped on a lot of teams. We've praised a lot of teams. Team of the week, the way this is going to work, folks, Andy and I are going to pick one quarterback, one running back, either two wide receivers or a receiver and a tight end, and two defensive players. So we're not going to go super crazy with this, but um, Andy, we'll start with uh, you here. Who is on your week one team of the week? All of them? Everybody? Uh, yeah, you could do all of them. Okay. So my quarterback, I'm going to go with Tua. Um, just because I thought he had the biggest eye-popping performance. Obviously, when you, when you look at the stat sheet, 28 for 45, 466 yards, three tutties. He did have one interception and a fumble, but led his team to a victory and had a big day through the air. Uh, my running back, I'm going with Brees Hall. 10 rushes for 127 yards. First game back from an ACL tear. You're averaging 12 yards a carry, uh, and you go a hundo plus 
only touching the ball 10 times. It's pretty damn impressive. Um, my receiver, my two, I have two receivers here. Number one would be Tyreek Hill, 11 catches on 15 targets for 211 yards and two scores. Absolutely dominated that game. My second receiver is Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco. Eight receptions on eight targets, caught every ball that came to him, 129 yards, two touchdowns. I believe both touchdowns in the first half as well. Mm-hmm. Um, def- my defense, I got two defensive guys, uh, Jets safety, Jordan Whitehead, <clears throat> three interceptions last night on Monday Night Football. Um, he hit his season incentive in week one. He had a contract incentive. Three hundred. If you if he got three interceptions all year, no he gets way. an extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars. He just made himself two hundred fifty grand last night. <laughs> um, so shout out to Jordan Whitehead and the Jets defense. And then my last member of my team of the week, uh, Eagles rookie defensive tackle Jordan Davis. His first game in the NFL: six tackles, one tackle for loss, a forced fumble, one QB hit, half a sack, on uh, an eighty-five point three grade by PFF. Good for eighth among all defensive tackles uh, in the league. So that's my team of the week, Tom. Awesome. Now, Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter for Philly? Fuck. Yeah, Jalen Carter. That's Jalen Carter. Not, I figured not that's Jordan Davis. Meant. Yeah, Jalen Carter. Um, I don't know where I'm getting Jordan Davis from. Yeah, Jalen Carter is his They're name. on the Jesus. They're, Yeah. They're <laughs> Philadelphia Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they literally play right next to each other, so right. it, it could be either or. So, I like that Jalen Carter pick. I really do. That's a good one. Um, oh man! All right, so you're definitely gonna like some of mine. Quarterback, I also have Tua. Eight throws of twenty plus yards, which is impressive. So he consistently threw the ball down the field. It's not like one or two super big, like eighty ninety yard throws. Uh, very impressive after all the head injuries that he dealt with last season. Running back, I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Why? Well, 152 yards on the ground, had a 65-yard run as well. Um, If you take away that 65-yard run, he still has 21 rushes for around 85 to 90 yards. So, again, that's still a pretty good stat line averaging around four yards per carry outside of that big run. And then the one touchdown as well. And San Francisco kicked the shit out of Pittsburgh this week. Um, receivers, oh, man, this is going to be boring. I have Tyree kill and Brandon. Ayuk. Uh, <laughs> Hill had 15 targets last week, caught 11 of those passes. Five of his 11 catches were 20 or more yards. As Andy mentioned, the big eight for eight, eight catches on eight targets. B.A. Defensive players, I have Josh Allen from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ten tackles and three sacks. Dude was a beast. The Jaguars beat the Colts once again. They are their uh, arch nemesis. That's not the word I was looking for. But kryptonite, kryptonite. There we go. And then Jesse Bates, Andy. uh, Granted, I picked this before Monday Night Football, but um, Bates impressed me. It wasn't just the two picks. It was the way he tackled and the way he covered. I think the Falcons got a gem in him. So I'm very excited for Atlanta this year. In fact, they're my pick to win the NFC South. So I really like Jesse Bates and Josh nice. Allen. Um, I, I just double checked. No, I was thinking of Jordan Davis. Um, oh, you were? That's yes, my I, I was. I said first game in the NFL. I messed that up. It's his second year, 
but yes, it was Jordan Davis with the six tackles. Um, but no, those are, yeah, I'm going to have to remember that because I'm going to get them confused like <laughs> all year for sure. Incredible. So those are our teams of the week. Now, let's get into our week two game predictions, shall we? We're going to go with uh, the spread, money lines. Um, so the way we do this, is, I mean, if you want to pick a team outright to win but not cover, Cool. We'll just announce it so that we know. But Thursday night football, this is pretty much a replay of last year. Vikings at the Eagles. Uh, Philly is minus seven favored right now. I I like that. I'm going to roll with it. And I I just don't like the way the Vikings defense came out in week one against Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. They looked absolutely atrocious. Now, granted, these are two top ten offenses in the NFL. They, they really are. And after what I saw last week, Philly might have taken a step back. <clears throat> Granted, they just won the Super Bowl. They're going to lose a lot of players at certain key positions. They lost the starting O-lineman. Uh, they lost their starting running back. And then they lost a lot of players on defense, too. They lost T.J. Edwards to the Chicago Bears. They lost um, Gardner Johnson to the Detroit Lions. They lost Devon Hargrave to the 49ers. But I still like the Eagles to cover the seven-point spread. They really destroyed Minnesota last year. I think it was 24-7, to the final score of that game. I mean, these two teams met last year in Week 2. It was not a pretty game. Um, Kirk Cousins in primetime, too. I love Kirk Cousins, but in primetime, he's historically struggled. And I think Bradbury or Slay, whoever's on Justin Jefferson – I mean, they're just going to glue him all night long. This is not going to be pretty. I'm picking the Eagles. But I like the over. The over is at 48 and a half. Um, two top 10 offenses in the NFL, like you were saying. Um, I, I think the Eagles win, but I kind of like the Vikings to cover the number um, because I feel like now they're going to come into this game a little pissed off from last week after that. I mean, let's face it, pretty awful performance against a team that a lot of people were picking to be one of the worst in the league um, at home, by the way. So I do think the Eagles win. I think seven points is a lot uh, for a primetime game. Well, we just saw a primetime game <laughs> with a margin of 40, so I guess I shouldn't say seven's a lot. But take the over, Vikings to cover, but I do think the Eagles win. I'm rooting for you, Minnesota. <laughs> we all know that's my closet team, but I got to be real here, Andy. I cannot be biased. I'm, I'm picking the Eagles to win outright. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with you here for this next game. Packers at the Falcons. Green Bay, two-point favorites as of right now, according to ESPN, on the road. Uh, Jordan Love, three touchdown passes last week. Talk to me, Andy. What do you got here in this one? Another NFC North foe, by the way. Mm-hmm. So uh, Green Bay, what they absolutely dominated the trenches last week on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Their offensive line gave Jordan Love all day to throw. He would, He didn't necessarily look so, like, Incredible, right? He looked like a serviceable NFL quarterback. And it's because his offensive line played so damn well. He had all day to throw the ball. Uh, and 
the Bears, the Bears secondary, like his his receivers were just finding holes in the secondary, and, and these guys were wide open with five, almost ten yards of separation. Some sometimes, um, so I'll be interested to see if they're able to replicate that. The, the, the defensive line for the Packers played pretty well. Uh, got a lot of pressure on Fields. I think they had a at least at least one sack. Um, but also, I thought the Falcons looked pretty damn good. Um, in week one, I know they're p- playing the Panthers, a not so great opponent. Um, but they've got some weapons on offense. I, th- I think Bijan Robinson showed that he's going to be a problem. <coughs> Excuse me. They, they gave Tyler Algier a bunch of touches still. Uh, he, he, he looked like he, um, is going to be a factor for them. Obviously Kyle Pitts, Drake London didn't have any catches in week one. I, I look for that to, to change. Man, I, uh, I I really want to pick the Falcons here, but I think Green Bay wins. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Falcons have the third best rushing attack in the NFL as of after week one with Bijan and Algier. But like you mentioned, the offensive line for Green Bay is solid. They still got Bakhtiari. They draft very well. They got Josh Myers in there at center, Elton Jenkins. Those guys are really good. And defensively, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker with the defensive touchdown last week. I know he got a little banged up, but hopefully he's good to go for them. Jair Alexander, lockdown corner, top three, top five NFL for corners. Pretty good, yeah. He's up there. Uh, Give me the pack here in this one and to cover the two-point spread, obviously. I'm not picking them to win by just one point. (laughs) So, all right, so – Raiders at the Bills. Um, Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. Allen, three pick game last night. Diggs, 10 catches, touchdown. He's got to get the ball to Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid more tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Um, <laughs> but ironically enough, the Raiders are the only team that won in the AFC West. And it was their defense and Jimmy G. Jimmy G, high completion percentage, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but he looked really good. And what was crazy was Denver's defense did great against Josh Jacobs. The guy didn't even have 50 yards on 19 carries. But Jacoby Myers had those two touchdowns. The Raiders looked like the better football team. I like the Bills to win outright here, but I think the Raiders cover nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half is a lot of points. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Raiders, just especially after the Bills looked on Monday Night Football. Um, I thought Jimmy G was was pretty impressive, leading them to a win. Obviously, the two touchdowns from Myers, like you said. I had him on my bench on my fantasy team, of course. <laughs> and Max Crosby. He's a dog. Like, I can this Bills offensive line, can they keep him in check? Nate Hobbs in the secondary was great for the Raiders. He led the team in tackles in week one. Um, I I think the Bills bounce back and they win, but I'll agree with you, Tom. I like uh, the, the Raiders to cover nine and a half points. All right. So I believe we're three for four or two for three as far as spread goes. Um, next up Ravens at Bengals, AFC North game Bengals 
Uh, shocking blowout loss. Lamar and Joe Cool, neither of them looked spectacular last week. Action, Action Jackson and the Ravens offense took care of the Texans, though, 25-9. to Andy, who do you got? Um, I love I love the Ravens to cover three and a half. Um, I they are some crazy record. Um, with their last like twenty games as underdogs uh, against the spread, so I'm gonna take them to cover, and I'm also gonna take them to win. I just mm-hmm. don't think I can take the Bengals after that after that week one performance. Like you said, uh, I. Th- I th- think Lamar only had like 160 yards and an interception, um, but you did see some bright spots from Zay Flowers, who was able to get loose a couple times. Looks like he might be able to develop into a pretty solid weapon for Lamar, uh, but I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take them to cover the three and a half, and I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. A uh, couple updates here with this game. Uh, Lale Collins just got released from the pup list. He's now an unrestricted free agent, so he's no longer a Bengal. Um, Eagles place linebacker Nicobe Dean on short-term IR with the foot injury. He's out the next four weeks. Um, and then Tariq Cohen just signed with the Carolina Panthers practice squad. Oh, good for him. Former Bear. So Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins to season-ending injured reserve, unfortunately, again, again. Um, Marcus Williams will not play. They're a little banged up, but their defense had five sacks led. Sorry, Andy, by Roquan Smith. And their receiving core was led by rookie Zay Flowers. Nine catches, 78 yards, first NFL game. Have yourself a day. That's not terrible at all. Um, Man, the Bengals looked really bad last week at Cleveland, but three and a half seems like a lot. For me, I think the Bengals, if they are to win, they would win by a field goal, and I'm actually going to take that. Um, I like the Bengals to win by three because I can't see my big game winner prediction starting 0-2. So (laughs) Burrow can't look as bad as he did last week, and I don't think he will. I think they're going to come out better. They're at home. Baltimore without – Dobbins, they'll probably put in Gus the Bus Edwards. I don't think they'll lose too much. Um, But the Bengals seem to play pretty well against Baltimore at home as of late. I know the Ravens have dominated the series pretty much, but I'm going to go with the Bengals here, but the Ravens to cover three and a half. Um, Next up, Seahawks at Lions, Detroit. Favored by six. The Seahawks were really disappointed last week against the Rams. The Rams own the Seahawks, though. I mean, Stafford came back and looked really good. He looked really good. So, Geno Smith against Jared Goff, Kenneth Walker, and Zach Charbonnet against Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. That should be a fun rushing attack to watch. Um, I think the difference here, though, is the Lions' defense. I think the Lions' defense is better. What's the over-under for this game? The over-under for this game is 47. I like the under. Yeah, I do, too. Um, And I like the Lions to win. I like the Lions to win. Six is a lot of points. 
Um, I no Devon Witherspoon for the Seahawks last week. Uh, trying to get him healthy to make his debut um, this week against the Lions. That'll definitely help out in the secondary. Uh, but yeah, I mean they gave up thirty plus points to this Rams team that was without Cooper Cup. Um, Matthew Stafford just now back um, for his, for his first game coming back from injury. So a lot of people were were on the Seahawks, myself included. Uh, and it just didn't work out, but I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take them to cover, uh, and I'll take the under as well. Yeah, I I like that. I also like Lions minus six. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking last week, man. I, I picked Rams to start in quick picks, but I second-guessed myself and switched to the Seahawks. I, always go with your first instinct, people, if you're watching right now. Don't do what I did. Stick with your first instinct pick, always. <laughs> always um i would rather lose on that than switch and lose um because i know the rams own the seahawks but once cooper cup was out i really thought the seahawks would win but puka nakua i think that's how you say it right yeah that sounds right yeah pick that man up he'll be starting the next few weeks so i like him a lot I like him a lot. I think he's more likely to repeat that type of performance than a guy like Tutu Atwell. So we'll see what happens, though. Um, Andy, we'll start with you on this one. Chiefs at Jaguars, rematch of last year's AFC Divisional Round playoff game. Chiefs are favored by three on the road. Everything in me is saying... Chiefs minus three is the right move. Bounce back. Jaguars team coming off a game where they just struggled with the Colts. But God damn it, I want to pick the I want to pick the Jaguars. Calvin Ridley, his first game, he had nine receptions, ninety yards, and a touchdown. So something like that. He he was phenomenal. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good. Zay Jones had an incredible catch Travis Etienne got into the end zone um I'm gonna take Kansas City to win I'm gonna take him to cover I don't want to but 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 I think this is a bounce back you're getting a pissed off Patrick Mahomes coming into Jacksonville and uh, you do not want to be on the other side of a pissed off Patrick Mahomes and they've had a lot of rest they've had extended rest uh, important stats here. The Jaguars are 0-7 all-time against the Chiefs. 0-7 since 2009. Pardon, not all-time. Okay. <laughs> um, I was about to say, the Jaguars have been around since the 90s. Doug Peterson, 0-3 in his career against Andy Reid. Trevor Lawrence is 0-2 against Patrick Mahomes. want to pick the Jaguars so bad yeah not gonna (laughs) do it not gonna do it uh the history and I can't see the Chiefs starting out 0-2 I just can't um I like the Chiefs to win the game and cover the three-point spread um next up 49ers at the Rams both teams are one and up Frisco is favored by eight on the road. That seems like a lot of points. 
No Cooper Cup, at least for the next three weeks. Um, Matthew Stafford looked pretty good coming back. Kyron Williams, remember that name? Two touchdowns last week. Um, start him over, Cam Akers, please. <laughs> um, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, as we mentioned just a few moments ago, each had 119 receiving yards. San Francisco, they're healthy. Brock Purdy looks solid. Two touchdowns, takes care of the football. McCaffrey on the ground over 150 and a tutty. And Brandon Ayuk, one of our wide receivers of the week. Um, I like the Niners to win outright on the road, but I like the Rams to cover the eight-point spread. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I, uh, I mean, the 49ers looked untouchable against Pittsburgh last week, just were far and away the better team. And I expect them to be far and away the better team here in this matchup um, with LA. Kyle Shanahan is 10 and three against the spread all time against Sean McVay. And he's seven and zero against the spread since 2020. Give me the 49ers. Give me the spread. I'm laying the points. They are going to beat the shit out of the Rams. I like it. I like it. Um, Last game that we're going to go over here for this segment, Jets at the Cowboys. Both teams are 1-0. Who would have thought that the Jets would be 1-0? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Dallas, minus 8.5. Start with you here on this one, Andy. What are you thinking? <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, this oh, feels like a lot. It feels like a lot of points, uh, especially with the way the Jets' defense uh, looked on Monday and Tom, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the Cowboys offense didn't look super special. They had their no. moments, right? They scored like obviously mm-hmm. Pollard scored a couple touchdowns, but you have a blocked field goal for a touchdown. You had a pick six. Um, I think Dak didn't even go for over 200 yards. Um, so eight and a half is a lot of points. I think Dallas wins the game. I think the Jets are coming off that high emotional finish with everything involved, especially with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I do think they keep it close. I think they can keep it within a touchdown, but I like Dallas to win the game. Okay. Um, I'll be straight. I also like Dallas to win the game. Uh, Zach Wilson or Dak Prescott, that's a no brainer. Um, <laughs> Zach is not prone to making mistakes though. Um, so, as far as covering, I mean, they just beat us by 40 points. I, th- I think they beat the Jets by like 10. I, I, I think they beat the Jets by like 10 points. I don't see the Jets repeating what they did against the Bills last week. That's week one, divisional opponent. Juices are up. Home crowd there at MetLife. This week they're at Dallas. Dallas is coming off a 40-point win. I think Dallas is going to keep riding high here and take this one. Not proud to say that, of course, as a Giants fan, but – that's part of the deal it is what it is that's right next up before we get to our final segment we have one short one here uh andy give us your lock and upset for the week this can be any of the games we discussed or any game we didn't discuss my lock of the week is uh, i'm counting between two I'm going to take the Niners over the Rams. The Niners to cover uh, the spread. It's my lock of the week. Um, And then my upset. 
the Cardinals over the Giants. I'm looking at the board and I'm like, I, I don't know. They kept it close with Washington last week. Um, I actually think Gannon's like a pretty decent defensive coach. So if they can, I'm, I'm just worried. Like, here's what I'm worried about, Tom, is them getting to Daniel Jones and getting pressure on Daniel Jones. Do I think the Giants are the better team? Yeah, 100%. Do I think they're still kind of reeling from that performance in week one? Yeah, 100%. Uh, again, but there's a lot of time until this game goes. But I'm putting the Giants on upset alert. Unfortunately, I hate to do it to you, Tom. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where else. I don't know where else to go with it. Okay. Respect, but definitely disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's never disagreed with anything more in his life. Um, my lock of the week is the Eagles at home. Uh, home opener. They don't lose to the Vikings. Um, Upset, Tennessee. I like Tennessee to beat the Chargers at home. Brandon Staley's hot seat gets even hotter. And Mike Vrabel's just clearly the better coach. He's clearly the better coach. And the Titans win games they have no business in winning. They do it all the time. Um, You know, they beat the Chiefs in 2019 when teams struggled to beat them. So, yeah, I really like Tennessee here in this one. And Brandon Staley, man. If the Chargers miss the playoffs this year, he's gone. He gone. So that's my upset of the week. And now we're going to get to the Immaculate Credit. All right. So I know, Andy, this is your first time doing this. My first credit. We're going to take our time. Uh, Let me share my screen here. All right. So do you know how this works or? Yeah. So that the, these boxes, they just have to like some guy, it's somebody that was on the Niners and the uh, Panthers and yeah. Colts and so forth. Right. Just that. Yep. Then they, and they had a thousand yard rushing season or that's just the third box. So that's a separate one. So for example, like 49ers, a thousand yard rushing, a guy who played for the 49ers and the Colts. This 1,000-yard rushing would have nothing to do with a guy who played on the 49ers and the Colts. Okay. Um, and they base, it off go, percentage. Go they base it off percentage. So, like, the rarer – so percentage is, like, how many people who played this today guess the same answer as you. Like, how many people oh, – like, okay. what percentage of people guess the same answer? So – the lower percentage you get, the higher the score you get. But, I mean, for this exercise, I'm cool with picking whoever comes to mind. I mean, I think the easy one for Panthers and uh, 49ers would be McCaffrey, obviously. Yeah. Um, Niners, Colts, uh, what, DeForest Buckner. That would, that's what I was thinking, too. We'll start with Christian here. 78% of yeah, people. Yeah, I'm sure a that. bunch of people picked that. It's just the obvious one. 54. 54, for okay. 1,000-yard um, rushing season. 
Frank Gore. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Did he have? He had to yeah. have had one, right? Mm-hmm. Fifty-seven percent. Okay. Now, Bucks and Panthers. Hmm. Tampa Bay. Uh, Gerald McCoy. Did he play for both? I believe so. Yes, the defensive tackle. Nine percent. Good job. Oh, nice. Um, Colts, Bucks, Booger McFarland. Wow, that's that's a name. Um, I don't know. They might have his real name on here. It was. Uh, Anthony, yeah, 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 because he played. His son plays now. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, Anthony McFarland. Yeah, that's him. Wow! Look at that. Okay, Bucks. thousand yard rushing season for the Bucks. Um, Doug Martin. Doug Martin or Barber? Rondé Barber? Yeah, Doug Martin's probably less people have probably said him. Yeah. Oh. Rondé was a corner. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of his brother. My bad. Tiki. 36. But he played for the fucking Giants. That doesn't even matter. Uh, 36%. Okay. Cool. Jets Jets and Panthers. Sam Darnold. (laughs) He's probably a big – he's probably – 46. Okay. Jets and Colts. This is tough. Yeah. Jets, Colts. Off the top of my head. Um, not Jericho Cotri. Hmm. Cromarty? Did he play for? Antonio Cromarty? Hmm. I don't know. I don't either. Well, for the Jets, a thousand yards, we could put plenty of different people. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the easy one. <laughs> Who played on the Colts and the Jets? Uh, I think the guys on the Colts now. Colts, Jets, Grover Stewart, no. Thinking of quarterbacks too. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks. Not McCown. Testaverde never played for the Colts. Um. Hmm. Well, for a thousand yards, we could do. Yeah, Curtis Martin or Thomas Jones. Maybe. Yeah, Thomas Jones. Seven percent. Nice, Tom. Former bear. Good pull. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, okay, so this is really tripping me up. Um, yeah. Damn, we might have to take a guess here on this one. I know. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, we can't pick him, though. Frank Court played for the Jets and the Colts. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Um, mm. 
receivers or I think for some reason Josh Cribbs comes into my head, but I don't know if he played for the Colts. He definitely played for the Jets. I don't see Josh Cribbs Colts in my brain. Uh, oh, Laron Landry. I'm in. Safety. Let's see if it's there. Yes. Yeah. We got it. We got it. That was electric. Score of 303. Rarity score. Not bad. Not bad at all. Let's it's see. Just for, it's just free. This is just free, like every day? Yeah, every day it's free. Most popular, McCaffrey, Buckner, Gore. So the entire top row. Gore was also down here, too. Darn old. Curtis hmm. Martin. Worked on Dallas Clark. Worked on Dallas Clark. Baker Mayfield. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Bucks and yeah. Panthers. Let's see. Nice. I mean, we definitely beat the rarity score on McCoy, Booger, Laron Landry, and Thomas Jones. I think we beat it on Doug Martin too. But not bad. Next time we'll go for lower percentage. But I mean this is yeah. this is always fun. I do this like every day. I don't know. I guess your first time doing it. So well, I've heard of it. I just have never done it before. Uh, but I like these daily things. I do uh Barstool has like a daily trivia grid that's like nine things just like this, where it's NFL, NBA, baseball, and they do pop culture and they have fast food restaurants and a bunch of different shit. So I, I, I love like guessing games and stuff like this for sure. Like they have soccer, oh, basketball, wow. baseball, women's basketball too, hockey. They got nice. a lot. They, they got a lot. Got a lot. But Andy, this has been a pleasure. Um, before we sign off, where can people find the Brew Party podcast. Yes, you can find us uh, every week for the NFL season. We're having a guest on each week, and we basically talk about the week before, talk about their team, and then we make our picks for the week. So we just go through all the games, uh, throw out the spreads, overs, unders, if we like anything um, there, and then any player props or anything you might like, we throw those out there, have a couple drinks, have a good time. Uh, find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash the brew party. Uh, we're on Facebook at, at the brew party podcast and then Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the brew party, uh, www.brewparty.com. Um, for all of those needs, uh, you can find us or find me, my personal Twitter. I live tweet Illinois games, Bears games, uh, basically just unhinged, uh, no context tweets about the game. Uh, at AHOP23, and then my other podcast that I do is called uh, Edging the Truth. So we're at Edging the Truth on all of our socials and then edgingthetruth.com. Uh, and then from the stands each week with uh, Brian and Tom. Absolutely, folks. Make sure to check out Edging the Truth, the Brew Party podcast, and from the stands to find Andy Hopper. And you can find Andy and I together on From the Stands as well. We'll be right back at it in less than 24 hours from now. So more raging hot takes and uh we'll have our little parlay 
party as well. <laughs> Which you hit yours, by the way. I can't believe you cha- you added Michigan to it, and I switched out Boise State plus three and a half for the over in that game. My five legs sh- hit. Yeah, your five legs hit, dude. And I didn't bet the five. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, I actually have to bet it this time. But Andy, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you as always. Anytime, brother. And uh, folks, we will catch you all next week on Review and Preview. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media below. Um, If you like to watch us here at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and the Anchor. Once again, we will catch you all next week for week three of the NFL season. Have a good night, everybody.